I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. This week, on a very special Lords of Grantham podcast, we go back to our roots with Downton Abbey. But not just any episode of Downton Abbey. Season 2, Episode 6. World War One is coming to a close, and there's one peculiar man who's coming to heal at the hospital of Downton. Who is he? Let's dive into that this week on the Lord of Grantham podcast. When you see my face, hope it gives you hell, hope it gives you hell. When you walk my way, hope it gives you hell, hope it gives you hell. If you find a man that's worth the damn and treats you well, then he's a fool, you're just as well. The Lords of Grantham are back home. <laughs> we have returned to Down. It, it feels so good. It feels nice to be back. Every time, every time we take a break and we come back to Down, it just feels like warmth, you know, Dave? It does feel like warmth, even in, uh, in this instance of an episode that is maligned. Yeah, I mean, maybe we need to, to fill the listeners in why we chose to go with this episode. Um, but we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. What is going on in the world, Dave? Is there anything else we need to update the listeners on? In the world, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You're vaccinated. You're half vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah, uh, I think well, I'm we're half. going. We're going to hit the road. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that that's the plan. Now is now we start doing live broadcasts of the podcast. Um, I, 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 there's nothing much in terms of doubt and news. I, I saw for the crown they they handed out the SAG awards this week. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot more reputable than uh, than the Golden Globes, and Gillian uh, Anderson won Best Actress uh, for for a TV drama. Which, how far off are we on our assessment of her not being that good on that show, where the entire Screen Actors Guild disagrees with us? Why her though? Why not somebody else? I feel like there's a lot of good, there's a lot of talent in in season four of The Crown. Hollywood, she's not the standard. <laughs> Yeah, you know, politics as usual. That, that that's uh, that's how it goes, man. Playing the silly game for those awards. Mm-hmm. So, congrats to Jillian Anderson and the, the whole cast. Actually, won I think the SAG award for for best ensemble. So, well, that's deserved. I think they're a great. Who sure. are they up against in twenty twenty? Uh, groups of other actors. I don't have it uh, at hands, but it was uh, it was competitive. Okay, I mean, they. I get, I'll give them that one. They probably they're. It's a great ensemble. They're all good. Mm-hmm. Just leave it at that. Yeah. Thanks for Aside coming. That, yeah, I don't think there's much else going on in the world of Downton and, and uh, the Crown news, and uh, we don't have any updates yet in terms of what we're going to be watching next. We're just rolling with Downton while while we can at the moment. Yeah, I think we're going to do, what is it now? It's April 6th. Mm-hmm. I think we could do April as Downton month, Downton, the return to Downton. And then we jump straight back into Ballers afterwards, right? Let's do it. I mean, yeah, let's just get that out of the way. For all the people that did not get the joke, that was our April Fool's. If you saw the episode and said, no, 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 I have no interest. Or if you started listening and said, they say April Fool's, but they talked for 55 minutes about ballers. It is a, it's just a thorough April Fool's. Yeah, well, there's there's two sides of it. It's an April Fool's, and also 
we just really wanted to talk about ballers. That that's that's the truth of it in a lot of ways, and we got to talk about it. And the and response has been fools. pretty good, you know. Yeah, people don't mind it. Uh, maybe we'll return to it in the future. Likely not, but who knows? Everything's on the table for for what we watch next. That's true. I mean, I doubt that ballers will be a full time show, but if maybe some Patreon episodes or something. It's on the table. All right. <laughs> well, it's time to get cut to the chase. Downton Abbey. I, I think we referenced last week that we were watching this episode, and I feel like I've gotten this wrong every time we reference this episode. I keep saying season two, episode five. Mm-hmm. I even began watching no. season two, episode five. It is season two, episode six. That's true. I mean, what what did you really lose? How much of the episode did you watch? Uh, just like a couple five. minutes before I realized I, I, I don't I don't see Patrick Gordon anywhere. I, I, I got a abandoned ship. I got to find this. Um, Dave, how did you watch this episode? I embraced my new master, and I watched it on Peacock. I did the same. We didn't even speak of this. I did the same. <laughs> because now we are subscribers of Peacock, as, as de- devout WWE followers that we are. We in WrestleMania this week we had to subscribe to Peacock to get access, and it has Down Abbey. Amazon still has it. So does Peacock. I don't think I'm gonna watch Down Abbey on Peacock again though. Tell me about your, tell me about your experience of watching. Well, Down are, Abbey are, what tier of Peacock are you? Are you pro or are you, are you five or ten dollars? I went to ten dollars because I just literally went one to one with my WWE subscription. Yeah, to so, Peacock. so did I, and I mm-hmm. did I I didn't. Um, I didn't dislike the experience, but there were fades where the commercials would be for the $5 subscribers. Or you mean for the people who watched it originally in the UK because Down Abbey aired with advertisements. Uh, hey, we're from America, land of the free. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not into that. No. We, but we like it it f- makes me think, style. like, how, so is it, the way that we watched it, do they cut the fades, or is it is the episode cut in two separate ways? One that includes fades and one that doesn't. I guess we can just I, compare. No, I, I mean, I went to Amazon afterwards to check how it compared, and it's more so, yeah, there's no fade in the Amazon one. It just roll, runs together. It, I think it's just the DVD version versus the TV uh, edit of it. But the, the fades are so jarring. I, I, th- I feel like it's a, a warning, especially for this episode, where it's just kind of telling you, you can hop out at any time. You don't have to finish this episode. Because <laughs> every fate is after, like, a Patrick Gordon moment, and it's just like, you know what? Just just take a moment to think about it. Do you want to keep watching this episode? <laughs> okay. All right. You're back. Um, yeah, it, it was a, it's a little jarring. And, and so I, I did think that it looked better on Peacock. I felt like there was less compression going on. Okay. I didn't pay attention to that, so. Okay. <laughs> And I also did appreciate that it, the fast forward button on Peacock is really fast, and also that they give you the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score before watching the eighty six percent Rotten Tomatoes or, or the show. The show it gave me eighty six percent Rotten Tomatoes, ninety four percent user approval rating. So in case you're on the fence about Down Abbey, yeah, what six percent is, you know is like up. I don't know. Down Abbey's not doing it for me. Six percent that I, I don't know. Maybe they just watched <laughs> uh, this episode. Anti-establishment people. That, that's who it is. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Uh, but yeah. So that is our experience with Peacock. It, this probably actually doesn't affect a lot of people around the world. But if you're curious about how Downton Abbey airs, that uh, on Peacock, th- there you go. You have it. 
And just so you know, if you had any doubt about our different, uh, outside of Downton and the Crown, our, our taste in media, <laughs> Downton Abbey lives in the same place as wrestling. Mm-hmm. So that's just something to all the people I mean, that are like, wrestling is stupid. It lives at the same on the same street as Downton Abbey. It speaks to our foresight with you know the the mixed math challenges that we've held. Oh yeah, it, absolutely. We are way ahead of the ball. Mm-hmm. So now, without further ado, let's get to season two, episode six of Downton Abbey. Well, I mean, the there is the looming question of why this episode. Oh, okay. Well, let, well, well, with ado, then let's get to that question then. I think. Everyone, you know, we we last year we revisited Downton after we did the English game, uh huh. And we did some fan favorite episodes, and we thought, why just highlight the the great? You know, we spent mm-hmm. how many two years covering this whole show, and contextually, it makes sense to go, you know, into the trenches when the show gets bad, but. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, this is an iconic episode, in a bad way. I, I, <laughs> this is yeah, infamous. I don't know if like, yeah, that that's more accurate. It's more infamous of an episode. I won't say iconic. I think that's the thing. It's, it's an episode that sticks out in people's minds. When we first uh, talked about it, we hyped it up as the worst episode of Downton Abbey ever, and I think it still holds that claim. And people want us to talk about it again, just, just to dive in and, and you know turn over some stones that maybe we didn't before. And, uh, yeah, that's why we weren't roaring, rearing the go to get back to it. But now here we are because mm-hmm. we only got so many stones to turn back at season two, episode six of this one, because it just sticks with you. You can't forget it because it's that bad. It is. That but you can bad. also forget everything outside of Patrick Gordon pretty easily. Oh, absolutely. There are no less than about 10 different storylines in this episode <laughs> that are beats to other storylines that have been ongoing. It is a lot to take in. Now this, yeah, this is a good episode as far as uh, setting the tone for. Considering this is episode six, so we have just tilted beyond the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of table setting going on in this episode. I mean, yeah, it, the table is like overloaded with uh, plates and knives and forks. I, I don't know how they're going to. Yeah, get to the, the point result. that on a on a first view, where you know maybe we hadn't seen it since it initially aired. This is an episode that just sort of has minor discussions that wind up being huge plot points. Yeah, did you say that we we hadn't seen it since it first aired? You mean since we first watched we watched it again three years ago or two no, years that, ago? That's what I'm referring to. So oh, okay. on our on our first rewatch, we weren't like, oh, I remember that Tom Barrow's entire scene about getting in the black market leads to <laughs> the next episode, the plaster dust. <laughs> Yeah. Like that that pro- was probably just like this is an interesting conversation that might not pay off because God knows this episode has some stuff that doesn't pay off. Uh, yeah. That is that is very true. So do we want to get to this episode now? Yeah. I mean, first and f- easy fly to SWAT is Tom Tom Barrow still downstairs. Wait, even an easier fly to SWAT, Dave. I don't know if you recall, but on Amazon the first two seasons used to have I'm Laura Linney. Oh no! I didn't even realize. Classic, and it's not there on Peacock. I went and checked on Amazon just to reassure me that it's there. It's not there on Amazon anymore either. You can't find Laura Linney introducing you to Downton Abbey. In case people, you know, are wondering where it went, we don't know. 
we don't know, and this may only apply to American viewers, but that was a key point of our enjoyment every week and how they've, they've taken it from us. That's terrible. It's reprehensible, honestly. Wow, i got to adjust my power rankings accordingly. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, but Tom, Tom Barrow is a... Uh... <laughs> He's still kind of lingering. He's a uh, works at the hospital, mm-hmm. but he he is a bit of an ambassador for the downstairs, if I recall correctly. Sure. And he's living down there, or or taking his meals down there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at one point, Mrs. Uh, what's jeez, we've been out of this for so long. Miss Patmore's like, I think it's time to start diversifying your boss. Yeah, she heard something about, you know, things being sold on the street. To which Barrow says, are you referring to the black market? <laughs> uh, man. I'm so out of, I'm so out of the, the, the whole hamster wheel of Down Abbey. Uh, Patmore. That was Pat the name Moore, I was yeah. searching for. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I can't even do a British accent either to save my life. I, I yeah, it's like you haven't been watching the crown. That one episode of Ballers really threw you for a loop. <laughs> It really did. Um, but yeah, he's he's intrigued about this. Uh, he even tells O'Brien later in the episode after having a, a smoke that Pat Moore's onto something about this black market thing. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he can he can find money that you got to speculate to accumulate. He's like, I'm going to have to borrow, but I'm going to make that money. Sure, Thomas. I mean, up to this point, we haven't really seen Thomas get a strong comeuppance, you know? Nothing's really knocked him down too much of a peg. So what's to stop us to think, hey, maybe this will actually be, you know, a thing for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's that. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that Dave doesn't have, have any more thoughts than that. There's really not much more. There's a couple, like, two-scene dudes that you can knock out. Like, we can very quickly say that we're still waiting for Sybil to, to, to answer Branson's proposal. Which I don't know what the holdup is there exactly. Maybe just waiting till the war is over. She I think really so. Say. Yeah, because Sybil has a sense of duty, and if mm-hmm. Br- she knows what's at stake, being with Branson, and she's not gonna jeopardize all the people that she can help. Yeah, but she does say, you know, that eternal phrase: "It won't be long now." Yeah, soon. <laughs> and he says, "I'd wait forever." And then all the viewers swooned and everything, and we just gagged. Like, yep, got it. Great. <laughs> it's going to happen. Still a little happen. creepy. <laughs> and we, we do see uh, Thomas and Carson getting into it a little bit downstairs uh, about uh, monarchs and uh, kings and emperors having their days. Uh, th- that's what Thomas tells Carson, you know, to start thinking a little bit forward. Always mm-hmm. great to have those character beats going on. Yeah, you. For, it, it's so strange to revisit these early seasons where Branson is still so firmly downstairs. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daisy is mourning William, who passed the the past episode. We she, see she has the the black uh, band around her arm, uh, you know, and member uh, and to remember him. And uh, mm-hmm. she still doesn't feel like she's you know deserves to be getting any credit for you know, doing a good deed and marrying him and stuff like that. Cause that happened all really fast before he died. Yeah. She thinks she was, um, we, we spend a lot of time. This is Daisy's sort of plot for the rest of this season going into next season and going into the rest of the show. Almost Mm -hmm. is this guilt that comes like, she feels like she, she didn't love him and she was doing some favor to a dying friend. 
And Mm -hmm. we just, again, this is sort of table setting for what Daisy's future is going to (laughs) be. Them reiterating the same points to her over and over. You did a good thing, Daisy. You made him temporarily happy. I feel like she gets that speech like five or six times during the course of the show. He was dying. Can't you just understand the fact that you helped him die peacefully? No, Dave, it's it's the guilt. It's the guilt with inheriting all that stuff. She keeps saying she's not a widow. She doesn't deserve these benefits. She doesn't want to hear from his dad, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. She's, um, she's a lot. Daisy is a lot. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, well, what else is going on in this episode? I mean, Jane is there. Jane, well, let's save that one because that's that's juicy. Ethel is there. Ethel is you know, there. Let's get this one out of the way. Yeah, you want to talk about your redheads on uh, on Downton Abbey? They actually this season is just chock full of them between Ethel, uh, Lavinia, I think Jane is one. Jane's not a redhead. She's not. No. Maybe it's a definition on my TV. Okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, she's there collecting goods in the pouring rain from uh, Hughes. And Carson and catches Hughes immediately. She closes the door and turns around. There's Carson, who, I mean, do you think Carson's that that silent? You know, when he moves around, I feel like he has a heavy foot. Well, it clomps. Hughes is outside, so it's not like okay. he needs to be discreet. He's he didn't intend that. He wasn't stalking her. Mm-hmm. I think it was just the way a right, her right place, right time for him. Yeah, and Hughes is really caught up in her moment. But then he snitches and immediately <laughs> to Cora. And then Cora's like, okay, like, what do you want from us? Just don't do it again, Hughes. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, but uh, Hughes does make the point to Cora that, you know, they need to appeal to, you know, Major Bryant, the guy who she hooked up with and is the baby daddy, mm-hmm. to hopefully get him on board to come back into the picture. That that's pretty much that what they're setting up here between. Yeah, uh, and then that. we find out later in the episode that Major Bryant is dead. Don't know how he died. Maybe maybe he was carousing again somewhere else. But where in he the war, been. right? Didn't they say he went? He, well, you know, he, yeah. he went back out there, and we don't know where in the war or what in the war exactly. But well, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, uh, Hughes has to you know break the news to Ethel. And Ethel doesn't know what to do. She's like, "What? What about Jane? You know, she she, she has a kid." And he was clarifies for her. Well, she had the the, the child the, the proper way with you know when she, through marriage and everything. Like that's how this she episode. Had the I I think this is um, fellows trying to like get ahead of the wagon as far as these people at Downton being way more woke than they would be. In what ways? She had a child out of wedlock with a, a guy, and they're, they're, I forget who it is that's like, well, boys will be boys, and that's just a thing, and, you know, that's we got to do that. Yeah, and and we are supposed to sit, believe that Hughes and Cora are kind of like, oh, no, but, you know, Ethel, we got to do our best to help Ethel. Mm-hmm. And there's no world where Cora would even dip her toe into that world of helping well, Ethel. It'd be like, no... Well, She's Isn't that true? Of all of the all of the Crawleys, they're always dipping their toes and helping the the people b- below them. That would never happen. Not in a all of years. the Crawleys. Not all. Of, this is the episode where we learn not all of the Crawleys right. like helping people. But more more often than not, we see that happening. So, yeah, so which like, is why I'm saying that is very much Julian trying to make it like the higher classes way more woke than they would be. 
in real yeah, life. I've said that about the show throughout the entire run, man. That yeah. Yeah, this isn't anything new. We just haven't watched <laughs> the show in a while. Last we left the crown, it was the '90s, so that we're going yeah, back yeah. centuries. So it is. Uh, yeah. It does stick uh, out like a sore thumb. All these months later, how how unrealistic this subplot is. It is what it is. We do get a good beat of uh, O'Brien, you know, overhearing some of the details and trying to ask for more, fish for more about Ethel, and Cora just kind of brushes her off like, yo, you know, it was just a friend of Hughes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> O'Brien's just hovering. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it, and that's all. Um, we have any other... Uh, uh, I feel like well, there's a couple... There's like three plots that are... Four that are really worth talking. I think we've kind of hit all the the, the bad ones. Yeah. So of the good ones, well, there's I, I I take I think Bates and Anna don't have much in this episode. No, it, it's pretty it thin. Is, it is the hammer though the episode. Oh, it is the it is the hammer hammer. Like I took my notes that oh this is a, a of course this is how the episode ends and then it goes to another scene. This is like the post credit scene. Yeah, if this well, were a Marvel movie. Well, let's talk about it. Um, telephone call for Bates. Yep. All we it's hear his, is him it's saying his lawyer. Yep, all I hear is him saying is, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so he well, uh, he paid off Vera to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And now she's saying that as a means for them not to get divorced. Yeah, because it was, it was withheld from court, you know, that, that, that piece of information. Yep. He says, he's got to go meet stupid, with the lawyer. Stupid, stupid, stupid man. He Randy Orton's himself. I'm a stupid, stupid, stupid man. Not, not really wrong. I, Bates ain't, he, he's not bright. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree with him, actually. He, he might actually be a stupid, stupid, stupid man. <laughs> but with a big heart. Big heart, Bates. Yeah, and, and, and he's, a, he's a newlywed, too. Yeah. We forget that in the episode where William dies, Anna and Bates also get married. It, concurrently. That's, that's how I do it. Yeah. And so we we are we are hours removed from Bates without his shirt on. If we recall us freaking out over that, never forget. Absolutely, the, the sounds they made and all that stuff. <laughs> nope. Uh, O'Brien overhears uh, Bates calling himself a stupid man, and goes to Thomas and tells, "I heard Bates is a stupid, stupid man." <laughs> and Thomas is like, "Well, no, duh. I could have told you he's a stupid, stupid, stupid man." <laughs> what does that mean about Thomas though? Because Thomas has been pr- constantly outplayed by Bates. He's a stupid, 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 <laughs> or as they say, stupid is a stupid does. There's a lot of people who are saying this is not funny because that's ableist or whatever. But you know, different times. We're, we're just quoting Bates here, okay? Uh, so, anyways, uh, no, I mean o- O'Brien did overhear the actual important parts that you know Bates told Anna that his wife uh, is trying to not get divorced. Hmm. And, and there's a uh, scene with uh, Robert and Bates where Bates is like, I got to go to London, talk to my lawyer. And Robert's is like, please tell me this doesn't have to do with the former Mrs. Bates. And he's mm-hmm. like, not the former Mrs. Bates. And, and Robert cautions him uh, to, to not lose his temper. <laughs> down, boy. Down. Yeah, and this is, um, <laughs> this is a line that comes up in the trial where he says, the former or perhaps better, the late. Mm-hmm. Where Robert is on the stand, has to say that under oath, even though mm-hmm. he's the only person who heard it. He can just as yep. easily say on the stand, he didn't hear that. But And he does. Nope. I mean, he's, he's, he's he, under oath. That oath means a lot to Robert. He can't lie. 
Yeah, I, I like that Robert picked up that something's off with Bates just by the way he was like dressing him. <laughs> yeah, in there a scene where he's like, Bates, is everything okay? And in, in, in a prior scene, and Bates is like, yes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and we do get the quick bit that, well, we'll get to that later at part of another storyline. But uh, yeah, they're, they're sitting at the table when they, they get news that, uh, well, he says that he has business in London. London, And O'Brien asks, what's he up to? And Anna tells her to mind her business. Mm-hmm. And Bates goes off, but he returns quickly from London. He's barely there. Uh-huh. And he gets a telegram. And he gets up and huff from the table and gives the, the telegram to Anna. And it's news that his wife, Vera, is dead. <laughs> yep, and then we get the shot of her dead body. And that's the hammer the episode. How much do you pay? I think they paid this actress to show up for like less than five seconds as a dead body. She's not a name. They paid her like 250 bucks. She actually is a name. She's been in other stuff. Okay, she's 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 nothing special. They paid her forty five bucks. I just find it interesting that they had to show the shot of her dead to confirm to us that she's dead, as if like it would linger in our minds, like, well, maybe she's not. You know, maybe there's like a, a mistake, which, given her scheming ways, I guess isn't impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a funny way to end the episode, considering that she doesn't show up the rest of the episode at all, except just to show as a dead body. Correct. She's gone. So hopefully uh, Bates get out, gets out of this one. It's looking really <laughs> difficult for him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be easy for him, though. Yeah. So I think now is the time to talk about Robert and Jane. Is it, though? I, I kind of like, oh, man. Well, it's good. It's so it's good. It's like two scenes. <laughs> it's the best. To talk about. I love it. I love it. And he's just a little, he, Robert's a little goof. You can tell he's, like, excited by her. Oh, it's great. Why shouldn't he be? It's terrible. No, I mean, married people should not do this, but I... I, well, I think <laughs> it so starts fun. innocently enough. Well, they do the like the thing in this episode where Jane and Robert lock eyes, and the, the camera kind of like locks in close on both of them catching each other's uh, gaze. Mm-hmm. And they try to, try to uh, make nothing of it, um, but Robert sits down for breakfast, or, or lunch it looks like, and she is making a plate for him. Yep. And you know he's just talking to her about her family, and you know, hope the well, he, he seems to know that she has a kid. Uh huh. And she is a, a war widow. Do they explain exactly where her husband is? I'm just assuming she's a war widow. I I can't remember exactly. Uh, the husband is not is. in the picture. Absolutely not. Yeah. And Robert tells her, you know, lives revolve around family, as does most of the show. Yep. And uh, she's bragging about how smart he is, and. He's like, Tell well, I'll, I'll put a good word for for him at the private school. And she's like, I don't think he'd want that to happen. But if mm-hmm. you're going to do it, <laughs> thank she you, Robert. She is overjoyed by it. <laughs> uh, Carson walks in, and he was just like, is she troubling you, sir? No, 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 no. I asked the question. Uh, what do you think of the look that Carson gives Robert there at the end of that, end of that conversation? I think Carson's trying to, to say... No, you're all, man. Really? I feel like he's getting. I think Carson's, getting I think Carson's clocking what's going on. He's, I don't think he's judgy yet, but I think he's like, uh, hmm. I almost got got a vibe. Robert of like, doesn't go talking the... to O'Brien like this. Yeah, I, I got a vibe of like Carson just looking at him like, "Did you get the digits, bro? <laughs> Did you no, find Carson, out the zip code?" Carson does not want anything going on. He's not judging yet. It could go either way. He's clocking it. He's putting it in okay. the back of his in the bank 
to return to at a later. I don't date. think he's. I don't. Think, I don't think he's made up his mind if he's down on it yet, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, Robert. Robert is like goofy. Robert, when it's like, was she bothering you? He's like, oh, I asked the questions, dude. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it reminds me though of the, one of those things where like you see your friends at the bars and you like you go up to someone and like afterwards you're like you get the digits yeah dude got the digits and you're proud of them in the moment but then you're like that girl that girl or whoever that dude or whatever they were really drunk i hope they don't end up with that person they look like a mess that's that's what i'm feeling from from carson here is like i hope i hope he he made some moves but i hope he doesn't end up with her that'd be a terrible decision i think you're i think you're giving carson way too much credit i don't think i just like to read into i like to turn over the stones that are unturned man i'm just turning them over right now so let's keep on turning these stones (laughs) yeah with uh Isabel and Cora and Violet. Oh yeah, this I don't like this plot line. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> it's another quick one, but it's I think this is a good one. I enjoyed this one. Okay, dive in. Isabel is saying the war is almost over. We all see it on the tea leaves. It's going to end soon. But do you really think you want to return to having this be a private house? And Cora's like, what are you talking about? It's my house. She, she's like, you know, there's so much more rehabilitation we can do. These men's lives are, you know, so radically changed because of this. And, and we, we know that these great houses are going to be relics in a matter of years. So why don't we get ahead of it and do something useful with the property? And we see the Dowager and Cora are like, oh, no, this is not, not good. Mm-hmm. We got to do something, and then is it the dowager that is like, we just got to get her thinking about something else because she can't resist being a martyr. Yeah, and it's Isabel, Isabel herself who you know brings up her concerns about refugees and, and what to do with them. I think, and then the dowager takes that idea and then expands upon it by you know talking to her one on one about you know ways she can help with them. Hmm. And before you know it, Isabel's mind has changed. She's no longer concerned about what the house is going to be, you know, for the the sick and and the you know people who can they can help. She's she's focused on helping the local refugees. Yeah, she's like, why why worry about like arts and crafts classes and seminars when you can actually be doing something useful? And I think it's not an unfair thing to say. Mm-hmm. I think they manipulate her, but it's also true. This is the dowager at her peak manipulation skills she does it so deftly isabel does not even realize at all what what's been done to her and it's an all-time classic downton abbey gif too this is i can't quite find the words to describe how i feel the dowager when when it's like well how do you feel about me not keeping the house as a mm-hmm. rehab center for men with ptsd and the dowager does her little wiggle and her hat wobbles a bit it's very uh Good dowager. Good manipulation by Cora and the dowager. A little bit of pride and prejudice going on here, I feel like, in terms of, you know, uh, the pride of, of the Crawleys trying to, to maintain the house and the prejudice of Isabel against them, you know, mm-hmm. wanting, wanting that. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, look, Isabel, you don't have any claim to the house or what goes on in it, really, aside from, you know, Matthew being the potential heir. So it, it really is funny how it's just a lot of scheming out of politeness towards Isabel to, to let her know like no we're not going to do that <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's really that whole plot yeah I mean we get a good bit with, with Mosley where they ask for his opinion and he says sometimes fate knows best 
And he says, I don't want to lose my job, too. <laughs> Let's not forget Mosley. Right. Like, I don't right. want to get fired. Yeah, it was circled back around with Mosley in a couple of years when we asked him about fate, if it knows best for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're on to the two best plots. Or the two, yeah, most major. Well, let's get to Carlisle. He's here, baby. He, he There's the first scene of the episode is Mary we- wheeling around Matthew. Mm-hmm. And Carlisle's like, should I be jealous? He says that outright to Cora. <laughs> yeah. And, and Cora tries to outline for him, like, no, I mean, this, this is just, they're friends. They're tight like that. You're going to just have to learn how to live with it. And then he's like, what were we talking about? <laughs> he's... It's pretty funny how the subject changes so quickly with poor Carlisle. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not poor Carlisle by the end of this episode. I I don't know. He's interested in Haxby Park. He saw it was up for sale. Yeah, and he he says that, you know, like Mary's not going to want to be done with doubt, and she's going to want to be close to the family. And he says, um, what did he say? He has some great line where he's like, I made enough money that I'm good. Oh, made enough money to please myself these days. So that's mm-hmm. why he's not he's cool leaving London. Yeah, but it's close enough around the area, you know. Yeah, he he yeah. looked at all the surrounding castles. This, this one checked all the boxes. I, I think it's it's considerate of him. Yeah, and we hear that, you know, Robert and and Violet are both not thrilled that he wants to basically modernize Haxby because yeah. he said there's a f- familial connection to Haxby and the fact that Been they're just going two their children. Yeah, and and what is the, there's a line that he he wants to put bathrooms and modernize the kitchen Heating, and centralize water. Heat. Yeah, he he wants to have Roombas in there. He, yeah. he wants to <laughs> and, have uh, ice makers in the in the fridge. Uh, and Cora has a good line later in the episode where she's she's like, Do you, maybe it's because I'm American, but that sounds fine to me. Like that, I don't. What's what do British people dislike about comfort? And Robert's yeah. like, I'm perfectly comfortable just the way I am. Uh, I'm I mean, ogling Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. Uh, but Robert refers to Carlisle's uh, plans for the houses. It sounds like a hotel, which to me is like, what sounds so wrong about a hotel? <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with a hotel? I mean, if it sounded like a Holiday Inn, then we'll talk. But a hotel, I'm all in. And we see that Robert, uh, Robert, Richard Carlisle and Mary tour Haxby. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, well, what do we put on the walls? Where do we get decorations and furniture? And he goes, we do what everyone does. We buy it. <laughs> Right, because to which Mary you know, so, says, "My lot inherits things; your lot buys things." But this is another moment where why are we supposed to hate Richard Carlyle? This dude is yeah. like, "I'm I made money; I'm going to buy things for this house." Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't want to necessarily be in this part of the country, but I'll do it for this woman. Yeah, he'll, he'll buy her a, a new house. He'll make you know give her a future in a lot of ways. You know, it, he says, "Of course, it's run down." But nothing money can't fix. Like he understands that there's gonna be you know some fixing up to do, and they just can't see past that yet. And he says he'll buy her a new out. life. Yeah, he'll buy her a garden where flowers can bloom. Yes, exactly. Uh, he also makes a, an offer to Carson. Yeah, he says, I, "Look, I wanted the best. I'm gonna pay the best." Mm-hmm. This is like the million dollar man, like bribing wrestlers to to do attacks or whatever. <laughs> To, to get one over but I think this uh, is a logical thing this is another thing that would happen yeah Carson loves Mary and Mary he wants Mary to be happy so of course she's gonna he's gonna bring over you know her favorite downstairs person this makes sense and this is all gone through all the correct layers of checks and balances before anything happens he's, yeah. Carson says to Carlisle are you going to does Mary know 
And Carlisle says, I want this to be a surprise. And then Carlisle does the right thing and tells Mary. And mm-hmm. then he tells Robert. And then he tells Carson he's going to be making more money working for him. And he says, make the decision. He's not like a bully. I think this yeah. is a totally fair thing that Richard Carlisle does. Right. And he also makes his proposition in like this blood red room. I don't know whose room this is in, in, in the house. I think I don't, this is but... like Carlisle's room where he's staying. At Downton? Yeah. How often do we see this room? Because I feel like we don't see it enough. It is like lit it's in this episode. Room. Why are we looking at the, the going in the guest room? I don't know. It, it's just lit like very, you know, like sinister in this episode. It's so mm-hmm. red. Well, it's intensely. because they want us to hate Carlisle. Exactly. I, I, it's not fair to Carlisle. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that takes up a lot of this episode is Carson making his mind up, talking to, to Robert about what he should do talking to Hughes if it matters to her it does matter to him, her even though she she, she he snitched on her <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you which know. is another strange thing that she has no qualms about him being a snitch but I guess she that's just his snitch. character yeah that's just Carson uh, Mary's but, uh, talking all this over with Matthew as well Carlisle's also up to he's doing some more scheming with Cora he says you want grandchildren I mean that he makes says, sense. He says, "Look, I saw your daughter wheeling around old old Matthew out in the in the yard. If if you want to get this business moving, I think it's time we bring we we dust off Lavinia and we bring her back." And he's not wrong. I mean, honestly, you look at Matthew and Mary in this episode. I feel like this is almost the most fair skin they've looked in the entire series. They are so pale, and they're just walking around in the bright bright sun. No no uh, umbrella or anything. They are just burning up. They're just looking for excuses to hang out, clearly. I don't know why you would walk around in that s- sun with that skin like that. Unless you were just trying I, I to get away from think, Carlisle. again, Carlisle knows that Matthew proposed to Mary. Carlisle mm-hmm. knows what's going on. He has every right as the boyfriend to be jealous. I don't think he's out of line in, in being jealous. I mean, the only thing is that this this relationship has been going on for literal years, so he hasn't quite got the message that it's not the dream marriage. But yes, otherwise the way they pitch in this show, it, it makes sense to me that Carlisle has a case. And this show has also gone on record in saying that that Robert and Cora didn't love each other until they were married. Mm-hmm. You know, this is right. not this is kind of standard of the time. Yeah. So, but yeah, Carlisle when Bates does, goes does to London, the picture. Yeah. But, when Bates goes to London, Carlisle's in the back seat. And when he comes back, he doesn't come back alone. No, Lavinia is there. She's back, uh, baby. Looks great. Looks good for her. She she's, looks healthy, not sick at all. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> she's she makes sick at all. Yeah. She she so makes she's her got a long life ahead of her. Exactly. She's going to go on for years. And she makes her case to Matthew, you know, that they're going to be together. Yeah. She's, I'm going to wipe you. Yeah. And she she says, uh, you know, I won't frighten her. You, you won't you won't frighten her away. That's what he, she says to Matthew. And then P. Gordon appears, and then she gets frightened away. It's kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah. That, so she, she is there, and so they're just going their own separate ways. And what is Carson going to do? What is Carson going to do? More like, how does Mary feel about what what's just happened? Mm-hmm. She's not thrilled. She's like, Richard, I don't know why you would go bringing Lavinia back. And Richard does the one thing 
that is bad. Yeah, he grabs her by the throat <laughs> and, and, and says, you know, he promises that he would, you know, destroy her. Now, he says, um, what is his line? You have given me the path to destroy you. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to do this, but you keep playing with my emotions. Now, again, this I, he goes a step, a few steps too far in this moment. I, Many I steps one, too far. No, I think the only step that he goes too far is grabbing Fit, her by the throat. And then the kiss is very um, mean. Well, I mean, you know, he's sealing with a kiss. I don't know. It's 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 it's, uh, it's very uncomfortable. I don't like it. And I think, considering we just defended this man. I'm not defending anything that he does. Well, let me walk you back for a second here, okay? Because, look, the difference between Mary and uh, Carlisle is that he is a self-made man. He's had to mm-hmm. work his way to where he is today, whereas Mary was just given it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's pretty well known that they're engaged, you know, together, and, and this is going to be a thing. And I think he sees, you know, reputation matters to him. And if she were to do something that jeopardized that, made him look like a fool, he'll he'll be a upset and b again. This is a guy who had to build his reputation, and he'll he'll have to get knocked down a peg. So I understand his anger at her trying to, you know. Oh, I, I, I like I said, the things he does wrong in this episode. It's not his intention; it's his execution. Yeah, don't grab anyone by the throat if you're trying to make a point. That that's what I'm saying. And then maybe if you wanted say, to say, "Come here, I'm, I'm, You want to keep talking about why did I bring Lavinia here? It's because of you, right? And don't threaten to, to destroy someone. At the same time, I don't know what language they used back then. I can understand that maybe that was, you know, they they didn't have a way with words. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's tough sitch, tough sitch for them all around. Yeah, I mean. It's not a great. We we said we we are on the record. Richard's not always wrong. We're fans mm-hmm. of Richard Carlisle, but this is not his best moment. I think bringing Lavinia yeah. in with and and we see Robert is mad at Cora. Robert's like, "Why you got to do this?" My, my dream boy is he, he's going to be happy with someone else. We can't let this happen. This is and, and he says he says to he says to or rather Cora says to him, "Do you want grandchildren?" She's using Carlisle's words. He has and, a good point. And, and Robert mean, calls her curiously unfeeling. Yeah. Wow. And Carson gives Robert his news at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. He is leaving. And he won't go until they find a proper replacement. Uh, and Robert tells him, we won't be able to replace you. In fact, I already saw the future, and even after we retired, we're going to call you back in because we're going to have royalty visiting. Okay, Robert uh, Carson, we're not letting you go at all. <laughs> Never let I'm him know. for life. <laughs> yeah. So let's get to what everyone came here to hear about. The mystery man. P. Gordon. Yep. I thought Patrick you'd recognize Peter my voice. Gordon. Now, Dave, before we get into this, answer me this. Is this as bad as we remember partially because his acting is so bad? It's the prosthetics, and it's the guy. His performance is excruciating to sit through. It's it's like nails on a chalkboard hearing him talk every time. Uh-huh. Because he's just con- constantly trying to plead his case. 
Oh yeah, he's uh, he's never not good. <laughs> no, I, I don't think this guy has actually been much of an actor, honestly. He is, uh, funny enough, Canadian and English. Go figure. Um, but yeah, Patrick Gordon is visiting, and he claims to be family. Yeah, he has a familial connection, so Robert's like, yeah, we'll find out who he is. And then he says that Edith is the first one that catches his attention. Well, I mean, before we even see Edith, we just hear these twinkling, ominous piano notes as we see this disfigured hand uh, reach for, like, a photo frame. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this is not anything that we've seen on Down before or after. <laughs> what is this? It's a very special episode of Downton Abbey. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the most special episode of Downton Abbey. And it's uh, uh it's it's old it's old P. Gordon. Yeah. With his band aid bandage up face. And and Edith is, is talking to him for a second. And you know, Patrick says, I hope this doesn't disturb you as he like points to his his bandages and she's is like cloaks in darkness. You just see he's the bandages. In darkness. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, it's fine and then he steps out of the darkness and Edith, and Edith <laughs> kinda just regrets what she just said, like, Oh no. Oh, Edith oh, is like oh. not looking at him. She goes, oh, yeah. at this point, I've, I've seen it all. And he walks out, and she's like, how about this? She's like, eh, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Um, take a couple nice steps back. Nice to see you. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go. Go back a little bit into the darkness there. Um, but, yeah, he hopes that she would uh, recognize his voice. And he, he sounds doesn't. a little Canadian now. It doesn't sound like any Canadian I know. No, he, uh, sounds, like, he sounds like he's from Connecticut. <laughs> Especially any Canadian from Montreal. I, I feel like I, I don't know. Yeah, he sounds, he sounds like he's from the Northeast, like Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Yeah. Rural no. Mass, Jersey, maybe. It, it sounds Maine. like a lie from the jump. <laughs> uh, I hope you recognize my voice. No, why would she, dude? Uh, he used to come to Down all the time when growing up. You can't remember me? He says this like five or six times this episode. Why can't anyone remember me? <laughs> because you were a child? Um who wasn't disfigured. Yeah, and then he's like, he says that, he's like, Edith, what do you mean? You, you still don't recognize me? And she's like, yeah, but who are you? He's like, I'm Patrick. It's me. I'm like, look, Dave, I I feel like, you know, we're even older than Edith in this episode. If someone were to tell us, like, they knew us when they were kids and they told us their name, it wouldn't take us that long to jog our memory to be like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Well, I, I, that's how I, don't I feel, think that's the issue. I don't think that's the issue at hand. Because he right. says that he had amnesia. He was pulled when he was pulled from the water in the Titanic. He didn't remember what was going on. It was shock or something. But so if someone just, told you, like we used to be friends when we were kids, and they give you their name, I feel like but, it wouldn't take oh, that long to remember. I, I don't think Edith's being. He's physically disfigured, and his voice is different. He has a different accent. Yeah. And the last time she saw him was what? What year does this episode? Six take years place? ago. Six years. So it's the difference between a pre like puberty and adulthood. Different accent, physically, the totally different. I don't think Edith. Uh, you say that, but like, we're we're realistically supposed to believe that he had seen Mary shortly before going on this boat, the Titanic, and and, and presumably dying there. Mm-hmm. We've watched them over this time. They haven't grown that significantly <laughs> over that, that's true. that time. That's true. Dude. Daisy is, is like 14 and she looks, you know, she's doesn't change at all for the Same. whole show. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm also saying that given the circumstances, 
there's a world where we don't necessarily if this happened to you it's fishy it's still, it's it just oh it is absolutely fishy it's yeah. a catfish situation he's not who absolutely. he said he was in the pictures yeah uh, I mean, I think who who overhears this? I think Bates overhears the story and says it's ridiculous uh, because he was yeah presumed dead and drowned in the Titanic, but yeah he washed up in, in Canada, was misidentified and, and shipped up to Montreal because mm-hmm. um, yeah he was pulled out of the water, he had no memory. I, I'm trying to understand how is that a thing? Hypothermia from the cold waters, or I guess he banged his head in the Titanic. Yeah, it, it's the, I mean it's a massive boat sinking. He probably fell. I think he he doesn't say from the water. He says it's okay. from shock. Which yeah. makes sense. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, he had no reason to go to England. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he signed up for the war, and then he was there, and he caught, caught up in a big explosion, and all his memories came rushing back to him. It was all coming back to him now. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he has a written account, which he gives to Robert. And which, what does that mean? You literally just told us the whole story. What's going to be different in this written account exactly? Or that's going to verify it? Well, this is perhaps the most iconic scene in the, in the whole show. <laughs> All done, Abby, absolutely. I just remember posting about this on Reddit when we originally did this, and mm-hmm. it's the it's the the lip touch is the 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 most bizarre thing, where yeah, where he he takes his finger like a <laughs> like he's sniffing his finger like he's like a teenage yeah. boy. And he, he runs it under his, his nose, and Robert just like, he's like, what did you do? <laughs> Tell me do about that again. And then Pete Gordon goes, what are you talking about? And Robert is losing his mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this even us as a viewer, it's like, what just happened? He just literally sniffed his finger. But that's the thing. On, the episode, on, on Reddit, people are like, that's just what happened. You know, like, he's thinking because it's something that Patrick Gordon used to do. But they never bring it back. They never refer to it again. They never even say... Robert's not in that... They're the next scene where they're all in the room together. The family has... that. Robert calls for the family dinner. Robert's not like... And he did the thing with his hand that only Patrick would do. Not even brought up again for the... It's like Julian knew on the cutting room floor how bad this episode was, but he needed to pat it out. Even though it's 55 yeah. minutes long. This isn't short. Yeah, and, and that look that Robert gives him too is oh, like priceless. Like the, the, what? Just draw. <laughs> just gives a long whiff of that and, finger. And Downton Abbey too in the movie that has to come back. I hope so. And, and I, I love the the conversation that they're having where like Robert's like I don't know how this news will go over, and Patrick readily is like the new hair. Oh, that that will be difficult for him, of course. <laughs> like he's already presuming like I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be king. <laughs> Um, and he play, it's so such bad acting when they bring up Mary he's like did I love her very much uh, it's like what do you what do you mean he's not good man because <laughs> like people aren't going to tell you that you love someone a lot that just doesn't work that way um, but yeah Edith told Robert everything and, and yeah she wishes he had spoken to him earlier and, and Robert says she he's just He's a fake and an imposter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I got Edith that confused like, where he, he he told Edith that that the the new heir will be upset. But yeah, oh my god, this whole thing is just a mess. And Edith is it, at what point does Edith go on the walk and he's like, I remember the k- kooky old woman who would always 
you know, the, whatever her name was. I forgot. Yeah, she, it down. and Edith says Miss uh, Vernestrum or whatever. And he's like, oh, yes, Miss Vernestrum. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And mish, she's mish, like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how she sounded. And it's like, he just made a broad caricature of like a British accent. Uh, and Edith fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Oh, and he is lean and heavy on Edith. Yeah. Because she's the only one gullible enough to buy in. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder, I mean, devil's advocate, if he actually is who he says he is, how did he know that Edith was the one to go to who would buy into this BS? Well, I don't think... I think he just sees from her reaction in the first episode. Like, she's the one... As we see, like, when, when Robert calls for this family dinner and Matthew's like, I'm glad that I don't have to be the heir. I'm excited to go back to normal mm-hmm. where I can just wheel around in my chair and, and be me. And yeah. we see that uh, Mar- Mary's like, this is a joke. We need to end this now. Yeah, she's so ready to move on. Uh, and, you know, they're all like, we're, we're all so fond of Patrick, but... Uh, and you're to marry him. <laughs> Where Carlisle's just sitting there, mouth agape, like, wait, she's gotten, like, two proposals? <laughs> uh, it's so good, the way he's just sitting there, like, what? And and, and Matthew is sitting there, because Mary says, and Matthew's been through so much. What about Matthew? Yeah, that's the moment where, to- where I'm like, Carlisle, dude, I'm on you. Like, she's bringing him up, and you got nothing. There's no, it's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but Ro- Robert's but- like, this is just a, this is out of hand. This is absurd. Yeah, he's going to get checked on, at least, with his lawyers. Yeah, and then we see the next scene with Edith and him where he screams and and tries to flip the table, but he can't because he only has one good hand. Yeah, he's, like, raging at the moment. Um, I'm a stranger to them! I'm a stranger to them now! (laughs) Given his best, like, um, uh, freaking There Will Be Blood impression of Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, and and Robert's like, be polite, but nothing more. Look, if he had did two things this episode differently, if he didn't like start shouting in, in anger, and then also like um, lean into just you know remember this person, remember me, I feel like he could could get away with this. Instead, he's just going a little bit trying to sell it too hard. Mm-hmm. He's living the gimmick a little bit too much. And also, the prospects prosthetics in this episode are so bad. Not for oh, a yeah. second did I like they they try to make it look like he has like a little like pus. Because the, mm-hmm. the bandage has some yellowing. It's disgusting. Yeah, but, I mean, it makes you wonder, is he actually burned? Or is it all put on? Is it all just makeup? No, he actually... I mean, does he have a good special effects team? Yeah. Um, I think he is. And I think yeah. that... I don't think that his healing would be so uneven, though. I don't think he would need his... Half his face still covered while the other half is all... Like, very much like yeah, Harvey Dent. Yeah, to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then and, we see, I mean, is it, this is really, that's really all we get for him on screen. Yeah, well, Edith tells him that, like, Peter, like, you know, they're going to look into this, especially with the, spoiler alert, we, we do get no, um, notice this episode that the war is ending. World War One is coming oh, to yeah. an end. Oh, yeah, great, great so, scene. Yeah, they, they make some noise and pay respects to the fallen soldiers, uh, but it'll be easier for them to sort out now what's going on. And Peter, or Patrick, because they tell him that they, they've learned about this Peter Gordon that they've heard about. Mm-hmm. That he crossed paths with, and it's not entirely impossible to think that the story was passed along between the two, and that you're an imitator. Yeah, like a sneaky Pete on Amazon kind of situation. He's assuming sure. the identity. Yeah, so it's clear to Patrick that he has no place here. They will they will not give him what he feels he is entitled, and he will disappear. Yeah, he left a letter, and and Edith says we drove him away. 
we don't even hear what's in the letter. It's just we just see Edith reading it to herself uh, out in the lawn, crying. No yeah. one there to console her. No one cares. <laughs> we all, we also, Matt, Matthew feels a little tingle in his spine, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he may be able to walk in. Who knows? But this is, it, I mean, that's the episode. I, I, I wish that the, the, the show did a better job of like making it clear that this guy's a liar. Because we never Exa- return no, exactly, ever again. Exactly. Because I think, I think this is an unturned stone. Absolutely. That will never get turned. And, and part of me thinks Julian realizes that it's bad mm-hmm. and doesn't bring it back on purpose. Within part of me the, thinks that Julian... Like, I, I think that Julian thinks he left enough... He thinks he left enough breadcrumbs for us to make up our minds that, you know, this guy's clearly an imposter. But I don't think he left enough breadcrumbs because how do you explain the, the, the finger sniffing? Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of us, if as an audience, are Julian making that same reaction. One thing is it is it the? Did you? What was your intention with Peter? Is he supposed to come back in like season four? Once no, Matthew's it, on his on his feet, married to exa- Mary. It's exactly what you alluded to, David. He's going to come back and down and Abby the movie too. I mean, that's really he could. I mean, I guess you know the door is still open for a return, P. Gordon. And you know what? You know what the reveal is going to be? It's going to be him taking off the bandages, and it's literally uh, Dan, Dan Stevenson. Stevens. <laughs> He's back. That, that that would be incredible. That would be masterful storytelling. But there's no um there's no women to to marry him off to. Oh, he'll find a way. I mean, come on. Cora. Yeah. Yeah, why not? He's he's Bricker 2.0. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think this, we This really does make me wonder if if Fellows is leaving the the story unfinished hoping that he will one day come back to it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so strange. It's one of the great mysteries of Downton Abbey that we'll never really see a conclusion to. Um, crazy. But I guess crazy. the question remains. Does Pete Gordon make this the worst episode of Downton Abbey ever? I would say so. I, w- I would say that and a little bit of the Carlisle's nastiness is, is not welcome here. And... Uh, I don't know, the, Pat, the Gordon stuff just takes up so much of this episode, and it's just, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like this is an exposition episode with with just Pete Gordon as, like, the the sizzle. So I don't I don't think this is the worst episode of Downton Abbey. I think season four and five are, are not great. Yeah, I think, I think there's some, yeah. some low moments involving the love triangle. Yeah, after those reviews that we did of those seasons when we watched them, I, I, I would agree that there's probably lower moments this is easily the worst storyline though i think on the show oh this is the worst um this is the worst like b plot of the show this is like the a plot for an episode though you think this is the a plot of this episode absolutely i think carlisle might be the a plot and matthew you can argue that but then what distracts you the entire way through <laughs> it's, it's just it's Patrick because it's so ugly <laughs> yeah how many reddit threads are there about this episode asking about this guy still there's dozens like who knows? He's was this a good back. episode? No. No. <laughs> was it the worst episode? Perhaps. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. not. Up until this point, and up until we get um, Tony Gillingham or whatever. Ethel, oh, oh yeah. Ethel is... Ugh. Everything with her. Uh, anyways, I think we should get to the power rankings, right? Yeah, we've been going on for nearly an hour. <laughs> right. So who do you got going down, Dave? Number three, I got Isabel. Really? Play her like a fiddle. She's gonna be doing good. She's gonna be helping the refugees, man. Yeah, but she she doesn't necessarily want that. She want she she gets just tricked. 
Okay. All right. Well, at number three, I got Ethel. I don't, I, don't, having... I don't have it in me to give Ethel any points. She doesn't well, get my simpy. It's a, it's a rough week for her yet again. You know, she's struggling to get by, and Hughes can't even help her out all that much. And then the guy who's the baby's daddy is dead, so no bueno for her. I just don't care. I don't have the time to give sure. her points. Understandable. Number two, I got Mr. Bates. Not a good week okay. for Mr. Bates. Not going <laughs> too know, hot for him. His wife is dead. Speaking of dead uh, spouses, mm-hmm. uh, he's just trying to get on with his life. He's new. He's a newlywed. He's supposed to be living. But no. He should be. Well, number two, I got Edith. She okay. is played for a fool. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about well, people. I got Edith at number one. Well, I got Patrick Gordon at number one. I'm not giving this him clown. I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, everybody plays a fool sometimes. And that is the case with these two characters. Edith plays the fool. She's. But Patrick Gordon d- d- doesn't even get any claim to the, to the the money, you know. He gets out of the, he, he might he might come back. Yeah. Well, well, Dave. Just to recap, where I had my rankings from the first time we watched this episode, at number three going down, I had Vera because she died. Uh-huh. Yep. No, number two was Robert, uh, and then uh, number one was Edith. So number two was Robert. Other times have changed. Okay, keep, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what my reasoning was. I, I think maybe because last time I watched the episode, I was a little bit down on him flirting with Jane. I wasn't too happy uh, about it. Oh, okay. Well, who do you got going up? I got the Dowager. Number three? The Dow? Okay. Yeah. She she uh, she plays Isabel. She gets away with it. She does it well. Okay. How about you, Dave? I got Carson at number three because I don't think he knows exactly what he's getting into. But this is a big move, and we know how much he loves Mary, and this is like a... a, a he gonna make more money. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, at number two, I got Carlisle. Okay. <laughs> the dude is making moves. He, he he's he's purchased Haxby. He's he's trying to get Carson on his side. He gets uh, Carson on his side. Yeah, I mean, he is really running things at the moment. This is a peak power for Carlisle. So, number two, he convinces Cora to get on his side. Well, number two. I don't know why you had him in the red. I got Robert. Okay. Robert susses out P. Gordon's a fake immediately. Mm-hmm. He's, he's perplexed by the finger sniff. <laughs> that makes him a fool, I think. But he's like, this is all. This doesn't add up. I don't like this. We see mm-hmm. he's curious about Jane. He's sympathetic. He's offering to do a nice thing for one of his staff by giving her a son a letter of recommendation. And then... He takes the moral high ground when he finds out that Cora is trying to get um, Lavinia back. I think this is a good episode for Robert. Okay. I just think right. calling the dinner to be like, look, this is something that's going on. We don't need to be cruel to this veteran, but we need to suss out this story before. And not to mention, he gets to drop the news that the war is over. So I think Robert does just fine. Okay. Well, and number one, I got Carson going up. The guy is about to get a raise. Uh... He catches uh, Hughes doing business and he shuts it down. Uh, he's a good narc. Yeah, I mean he's got Mary's love, you know, justified for him. Uh, good for Carson, you know, get that money. Mm-hmm. All right, he's totally well, irreplaceable, you know. Number one, I got I got Cora and Violet. They got to share this victory. Okay. Because I think this is uh, Isabel. We need to think that half of this season, their house has been turned into a hospital. Mm-hmm. And they just want to get back to life as normal. 
Yeah. And Isabel's like, no, 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 I'm going to do this. And they're like, this is your thing. You know, this is Isabel's baby. Mm-hmm. And they win. They get it. Not to mention Cora is is on Team Carlisle. She's the one that, that assists in getting Lavinia. I think it's time for Lavinia Swire to return. I think it's a big week. It is, certainly. And just to recap, last time I watched this episode, number three, I had England going up because, you know, the war is over. Number two was Carlisle yet again. And number one was Violet. And I did not review these, you know, when I made the rankings this time. So that's uh, news to me. Yeah, I don't know. My my previous rankings were in a little notebook somewhere buried in a box. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll find it eventually, but I didn't anticipate reviewing our power rankings. So that's my bad. Next, Next week I will have reviewed it. Yeah, so there we are for season two, episode six of Down Abbey. Hopefully, we don't have to return to that anytime soon yet again. <laughs> the thing is, it is like it's it's that one does go down so smooth that oh, even sure. this episode it go it's fifty five minutes and it flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot though. This episode I feel like had a lot of plot lines, so it was it felt like a bit of work actually compared to uh, to the Crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dave, this is a big week. We we noted it earlier. This is WrestleMania week. That's true. What should we tell our listeners to look forward to, or what? What are some of the storylines that you're keyed into, Dave? That you're excited. Well, about? I will say, if you're an American listener who's been getting their Downton fix on Peacock, you have access. Yes. Um, Catch up. What? What? I, the thing is, I've been a little out of touch with the the wrestling product just because it's just so many hours a week now. Mm-hmm. Um. I would say we got something great going on on the Sunday night main event which is so Wrestlemania is two nights Saturday and Sunday night Sunday night you have Edge versus Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns and yeah. we've talked a little bit about Roman Reigns being the the Samoan sort of leader of the show that as, as he's the kind of Robert Crawley he's like I'm the I'm the one who provides for everybody and then you have Daniel Bryan, who's the eternal underdog, who knows that he's on the way out. He's mm-hmm. kind of the Matthew Crawley, I would say, of this. And then you That's got right. Edge, who's like Richard Carlisle. He's, he's, he's like... He's Mass that manipulator. Yeah, he's the... Exactly. I forget what his, his nickname is. The opportunist. Yep. So I think that's going to be really good. And Ed, Edge is in it, you know... For those that don't know, this is a really interesting match because Daniel Bryan had to retire because of concussions returned mm-hmm. from a retirement after years of, of getting tested to prove that he could still wrestle Roman Reigns had leukemia and had to indefinitely leave wrestling to get chemo and get treatment and get better healthier and Edge had to retire because of s- several broken necks and return 10 years later so this is this weird rich with drama Rich oh, with drama. But the thing is, that's not even the story. That's not even what they're telling you. That's subtext. Mm-hmm. So that's some poetry being told by WWE. So I think that's probably my pick of the week. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the same page as you, Dave. I haven't been too keyed in. It's They've done a pretty bore, bad job this year in terms of building a lot of these matches or getting mm-hmm. me invested. They've just really gone by the book and not done too much too interesting the most interesting storyline honestly isn't even on mania this weekend not bad uh, bunny it's not bad bunny uh, listeners of the podcast may know about the drama between the mysterios and seth Rollins, seth, seth rollins and his cohort uh buddy murphy and mm-hmm. 
that left off with uh, Seth Rollins losing to Rey Mysterio on a SmackDown episode and then disappearing for maternity leave. While paternity his, leave. He's not a his, mother. Yeah, whatever. That paternity leave. While his uh, his ex-friend Buddy Murphy went off with Rey Mysterio's daughter happily ever after. Uh, well, I mean, we really haven't seen much of him on TV, so. No, and, and so there was a... This is an interesting development this past week. So Murphy, uh, Seth Rollins' once cohort... Uh, posted an Instagram comment that he he deleted. Uh-huh. But he he said, "Let's point out the obvious. The Mysterios used me. I never needed them. I'm beyond one of the most talented in-ring performers on the planet. Aaliyah used me to be on TV and advance an acting career. Dominic used me so we had a reason to stand ringside. Ray was jealous that I became the new face of the cruiserweights, and he was left out of discussion. They took what they wanted, and then they left me in the shadows." Wow. <laughs> And uh, WWE was angry that he said this, and they forced him to delete that comment. Uh, but that is the kind of drama I want to see. I want to see <laughs> the Mysterios and Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins get entangled again because no, this just no, keeps no, going no. on and on. I'm good. I'm all right on that. <laughs> but Seth it, it tracks. has his old theme song back. He's got like his suit game is on fire. We don't need. I, th- I think Buddy that. Murphy has a case. I think the Mysterios used him. They were the villains all along. It, w- it wasn't Rollins taking out Mysterio's eye. It was them using them. That's right. How could we forget about the eye for an eye? <laughs> the ojo por ojo. Uh, so, yeah, that's what's going on in wrestling. <laughs> Even though it's not. It was an Instagram comment. Right. And the biggest I, week of the year in the, in the industry, and you brought up... That's what I want to see. I want to see the, the Murphys, the Mysterios, and Myster- the Mysterios and Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins feuding still. Okay. Again. All right. So let's wrap it there. This episode's gone on forever. But next week, we don't know exactly what Downton episode we're going to cover, but keep your eye on our social over the next couple of days, and we will tell you so you can watch it in an, in an advance. Yeah. Give give us your input if you have any int- any suggestions or anything like that let's just say we miss st patrick's day but i think we're gonna lean in on some branson episodes over the next couple of weeks at least one branson <laughs> heavy episode that, that's dave calling the audible not me folks so you know let us know what you think well the, in our discussions a few branson episodes came up so yeah all right so until then you know where to find us facebook twitter instagram uh lord's grantham at gmail uh we have a patreon we have a merch link uh on twitter And if you like us, leave us uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes, and we'll catch you next time on the podcast.